Psalm 37, and then also get Psalm 119. We're going to start in Psalm 37, and we're going to go over to Psalm 119. Can you believe that it's 2010? It just seems like yesterday that we were in our house right down the road here and taking pictures of the TV screen when the new millennium came in. And here we are, it's 10 years later, and now we are entering into a new year in our church, and I think a vital year for our church. Now we have people, you've come to the Lord, you've been serving the Lord for a long time, and sometimes it seems like we can get to where we think we have gone as far as we can go. How many of you have ever thought, I've gone as far with that person as I can? Or I've gone as far with this job as I can. I've gone as far with this ministry as I can. Well, I wonder if maybe you'll rethink that today and take the next step. Let me ask you a question. In your Christian life, do you ever wish for more? Do you ever, in in, in the quietness of your own soul, maybe as you lay your head on your pillow, and you're thinking about the day and about the future. Do you ever wish for more? Do you ever want to be more holy? Do you ever feel like you're not good enough? And in ministry, especially in a ministry like this, where we hear so much of the Word of God, and we, we know what the Bible says about a lot of things, man, I'll tell you what, sometimes you can get to the place where you just feel like you're not worthy to serve the Lord. And nothing could be farther from the truth. So what we're going to do today is we're going to get the answer from the Word of God about those things. Look at Psalm verse 30, chapter 37, and look at verse 23, and this is our theme verse for the year. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. When I look at this passage, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I think that most of us, how many of you have heard that verse? It rings familiar in your in your ears. I think many of us understand that as a believer, if I am going to be righteous and live a life that's holy, that my steps have to be ordered by the Lord. And if I'm a good man, that's going to happen. But the problem is, how do I do that? Does, does God open up? from the heavens and say, no, don't step there, step there. How many of you have ever taken a wrong step? Yeah, lots of them. Me too. So how do we find out how God orders our steps? Well, I could come up with lots of neat and cute ways that God could do that. But how about we go to Psalm 119 and look at verse 129. And this section of Psalm 119 demonstrates how God orders our steps. We're going to start in verse 133, and then we're going to go through and look at this uh, section of eight verses here. Look at verse 133. Psalm 119, 133. Order my steps. Would you read the next three words for me out loud? So now let's read that section together out loud. Order my steps in thy word. Let's say that again. Order my steps in thy word. 
This should be the prayer of all of us. If the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many of you believe that this morning? You believe that? Well, then this prayer of David ought to be the prayer that we have. I can come up with all kinds of ways that I think you ought to walk. But there's a good chance that I'm going to be wrong. But I promise you, if we pray to the Lord for Him to order our steps through His Word, that is guaranteed to be the right step. So let's look at this. We're going to start in verse 129. And the first thing that I want us to do, according to the Word of God, is take the next step to a higher perspective. To take the next step to a higher perspective. Now, what am I talking about a higher perspective? When you are driving through a valley, you can't see what's going on. But if you get up on top of that mountain, you can see everything that's going on around you. Uh, Laura was excited that when she she went to see her sister this year, that she got to fly over the Rockies. And she's been in the Rockies ever since she was a little girl. She go, they go there every year, her family would, and we go out there in the summertime. But she got a new perspective of the Rockies by flying over them, a new perspective and a higher perspective. What we need, according to the Word of God, is a higher perspective to the way that we see the world. Let's look at verse 129 and get an idea of what we're talking about. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. The testimonies are the statements of the characters in the word of God about God's faithfulness. So now what this is, what the text is saying, thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. I need to step up to a higher appreciation of God's word. How many of you have a Bible? I wonder where it is during the week. I wonder where your remote is. I wonder if you had to find your Bible or your remote, which one you would know about more quickly, where it was. I wonder the tools that you use at work in your job and you know exactly where those are. I wonder how valuable the Word of God is to you. And here's the thing. In a room of this size... With a group of people this size, our love for the Word of God, some people will love it very much, others will love it very little. But I wonder if you love it as much as you could. I think that all of us need to take the next step in our love for the Word of God. If He's going to order our steps, we really ought to love this. I'll tell you what, man, when you're in the middle of nowhere, you're going to love that map. Isn't that right? When you're in the middle of nowhere, you're going to love that compass, knowing where you're going. We need to love the Word of God. I need to step up to a higher appreciation of God's Word. Now, when I do that, when I genuinely appreciate what God says in His Word, look at what it says in verse 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. See, when I genuinely think that the Bible is wonderful, when I step up in my love and appreciation for God's word, then I keep it. I keep it. When I step up to a higher appreciation of God's word, I step up to a better obedience. Let me give you an example. I genuinely believe that if I am overweight, that that's unhealthy for me. 
I'm less productive. I don't feel as well. I won't live as long. I won't be healthy to serve the Lord. I know a lot of preachers that really struggle in their late 50s and early 60s physically. And their ministry is genuinely hindered because they have diabetes and gout, neuropathy, and all these different things that come from being overweight. And I don't want that to happen. I want to be able to wrestle around with Jacob. I I want to be able to go out and walk through the woods with Lydia, play golf with them, do things with them. So here's the idea. I have a belief that being overweight is detrimental to my health. So what do I do? I watch what I eat. Now, I have not done very well with that the last several weeks. Anybody with me on that? Right? So what I do, what happens is I have a belief that weight, that my weight will impact my quality of life. And so I take practical steps to eat more carefully. That's, that's one example. Another thing, through Dave's help, and we tell people that Dave greatly hinders our Christmases, Uh, I I really believe that debt will hurt my family. I have a genuine belief that, that debt is a bad thing for us. So what that does, practically speaking, is I control my spending. My wanter has to change to match up with what I believe. Does that make sense? And all of us live our lives that way. We have things that are important to us and that changes our behavior in that area. Well, if I love God's word, if I genuinely believe that it is the word of God and that God wants to guide my steps, then I'm going to keep what it says. Now, don't raise your hand on this, but how many of you heard something from the word of God, either in your own personal Bible study, through a Sunday school class, through something you read, through a preaching service here? Don't raise your hand on this. How many of you heard something that you believed was true from the Word of God, and you know that you are not obedient to it. I think all of us could probably raise our hands. There might be a few of you perfect ones, but the rest of us could probably say, there was something that God revealed to me from the Word of God that I really just didn't want to do. I really just didn't want to obey. So, so here's what we need to do. And it could, be, it could be something very small. It could be something very big. We're all different people here. And that's the thing about this, this subject. It doesn't matter where you are in your Christian walk. Like the Apostle Paul said, I've not attained. None of us have arrived in our spiritual life. So wherever we are, we need to take that next step. And I'm sure that in each and every one of us, there's something that God has asked us to do or revealed to us from his word that we have not yet done. Do you know what I'm going to ask you? know what I'm going to ask you to do this morning? Take that next step. Take that next step. I need to take the next step to a higher perspective. That is the perspective of God's word on everything that's going on around me. As I love God's word, that'll change and I'll become obedient. So number one, The next step to higher perspective. That's verse 129. Number two, I need to take the next step to a higher perception. To a higher perception. You know, there are a lot of people that hear things and see things, but have no understanding of them. They don't know what's going on with it. They don't have any idea. If if some of you brought a physics textbook to me, I might be able to read the words, 
I would have absolutely no understanding of their meaning. Do you know there are many people that see the Word of God, that read the Word of God, that hear preaching, but we really don't know what it means. Look at verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I need to step up to increased light. And that gives me better vision. My car, I'm a car guy. I know that surprises some of you. I love cars. I'm just, that's my, my, my name's Jim, and I'm a caraholic. I love cars. And I've, I've already been on the internet looking for my next one. Okay? I love cars. Well, when I got this car, it has bi-xenon headlights. Now, how many of you know what bi-xenon headlights are? How many of you have no idea what bi-xenon headlights are? Okay? You don't know what you're missing. You ready for this? It's better light. When I drive down the road and I turn those headlights on, it might blind people three miles away, but I can really see. <laughs> the light is white, man. You can see that road like... I've never seen anything like it. Do you know what happens? I have increased light. Do you know what the result of increased light is? This is going to be beyond some of you. Do you know what increased light does? It gives you better vision. You see better. That's brilliant, isn't it? Do you know what we need? The Bible says the entrance of thy word. Look at what it says. The entrance of thy words giveth light. So the more that I'm in the word of God... The more Bible that gets in me, the better I can see. That's a poem. It, it, now, how many of you believe that? Seriously, how many of you believe that? If we really believe that, let's go back to verse 29. The test, thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. Well, if one of those ten testimonies is, the entrance of thy words bringeth light or giveth light, if that is a testimony that I claim to believe, then I need to take the next step and spend more time in the Word of God. Now, don't raise your hand, but I wonder how many of you read through the Bible this year. Can I confess something to you? I didn't read through the Bible this year. I read a lot of the Bible, but I didn't read through it. I get distracted. I've told you, the, the, the height of frustration is being a perfectionist with ADD. <laughs> that's, that's me. And what happens is I'll be reading something, and there'll be a word or a phrase or something, and I'll spend the next two or three hours studying out that phrase, and I never did finish that section's Bible reading. I need to do a better job of taking in the whole counsel of God every year. I need to take the not just chunks of it, I need to take the whole thing in because the Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So for myself, if I believe that the entrance of thy words giveth light, if I believe that, well, then I'm going to allow more of God's word to enter into me. Now, how many of you understand that? How many of you, would, would you see that? You know what we need to do? We need to take the next step in Bible reading. And so you know what we've done? We've gotten a bookmark put together for you, and on it is your Bible reading schedule for the year. This is for the first quarter. You'll get one of these every quarter, and the idea of this is for you to spend time in God's Word and take the next step in your Bible reading. 
And here's the thing. You might be thinking, well, that's cute, Pastor Jim. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask you. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to ask me. And I do not like to be embarrassed. But I don't think any of us. Do you know what that's called? Somebody tell me what that's called. Accountability. Accountability. We've had themes for many years since we started doing the themes. We've had themes. And one of the areas that we have not been good at in leadership, that is myself, one of the things that I've not been good at is following through on seeing to it that you follow through. So you know what we're going to do this year? Lots of accountability. Lots of accountability. We need to take the next step in our understanding of the Word of God. I need to take the next step to a higher perception. I step up to increased light. This gives better vision. And increased light, look at the verse, 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Increased light leads to increased wisdom. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm going to have you vote a bunch today, so be ready. You might have to change your arms, okay? Doug Schmidtmeyer came and put some lights in for us this week. And he had this big old drill and a big hole saw up above his head. And so Debbie called yesterday to congratulate Laura on 39 years old. And I said, how's Doug doing? She said, he's a little sore. He's a little sore. See, do you know what I understand? You know what I understand? That when I lift and I work hard, things change. Things change. Do you know what you need to do? You need to lift up your perception of God's word and your priority of God's word in your life, do you know what that's going to do? That's going to cause some things in your life to hurt. Do you know what that brings? Wisdom. Wisdom. Is there anything in life that's good that doesn't cost you something? Kids say, yeah, Christmas presents. (laughs) Folks, that's not reality. Amen? So here's the idea. I need to have more wisdom. That wisdom is going to help me make a decision. Oh, this is what I started to ask you. How many of you made a bad decision last year? Do you know what you need to do? (laughs) Nick, you can raise your hand. Nick's going, trying to think. Did I? I? (laughs) Meet me after church and I'll tell you a couple of them. Okay? I would say... uh, That's why Josh Ferrier doesn't sit down front anymore. Because, Josh, you did too. Okay? See, here's the deal. Your son told on you, by the way. Okay. Here's the deal. I know personally in my own life that I made some bad decisions last year. Well, you know what I need to do? Remember what insanity is. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insanity. If I'm going to have wisdom, that means I've got to become a different person. I've got to have more wisdom to keep from making the same mistakes that I've made in the past. Do you know what I want to do? I want to take the next step as your pastor. I want to be a better pastor. I think I'm a pretty good teacher. I think that I've got, obviously I have a long way to go as a teacher, but I've got a lot farther to go as a pastor. I want to take the next step and do better in that. Well, that means I need to know what the Bible says about that more. I need to have my attitudes changed by the Word of God so that I can make better decisions. So the more light that I get, 
the more wisdom I'm going to have so I don't keep making the same mistakes. How many of you, honestly, that just hit home for you? You say, I got to stop doing the same stuff. I got to stop doing that. Um, Then, with this increased light that leads to increased wisdom, I know who I am. Okay, look at the text. Look what it says, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the what? You know what I need to understand? I'm simple. See, we can get to the place, you know, and I've heard people give testimonies like this. You know, I've learned so much of the Word of God that now, no, I'm simple. I'm simple. If you hang around with people that know less than you, you feel really smart. And then you get with someone that really knows God. Man, my first Baptist history conference with Jeff Faggart, it was at, in Somerset, Kentucky. The Holy Land, right, ladies? Somerset, Kentucky. And man, I was all ready to go, and man, I had my sermons ready. And then Jeff preached. And I didn't want to stand up because his knowledge compared to mine, it made me look simple. See, here's what we need to do. We need to spend time with God in His Word, and then we need to read after some great men of God and understand, I got a long way to go in understanding. I need to understand that I'm simple. All right, so I need to take the next step to a higher perspective, that's a higher appreciation of God's Word, to a higher perception, that's more light, increased vision. And then number three, this is, I like this one, I need to take the next step to a higher palate. Uh, i got to change my tastes. Look at what the verse says in verse 131. I opened my mouth and panted, and I longed for thy commandments. I opened my mouth, and I panted, I longed for thy commandments. I need to step up to a childlike longing for the word of God. And, you know, we know the verses when we did First Peter. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Joy, you've got a new baby. Does he let you know when he's hungry? No, I'm not talking about Tony. He does, right? How? (laughs) Screaming. He really wants that food. Why? Because he thinks he's going to die. Right? Anybody have teenagers? (laughs) Man, they got to have four Big Macs or 12 packs of of, uh, chicken nuggets or something because they think they're going to die if they don't eat something. Remember what Job said? I have esteemed, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my what? All of our discipleship people know necessary food. Not the extra piece of pie that you can barely fit in at the end of the meal. No, when you get to the place where you're genuinely starving to death, your necessary food, Job said this is more important than that. Do you know what I need to understand? I need, I must have a different taste. What do you long for? You know what I was thinking about while I was on the Internet looking at that new car? Not a new car, a new used car. Do you know know what I was thinking about? 
And this is where being a preacher is a great benefit. And this is where discipleship is a great benefit. When you are preparing to teach someone else, God loves to just poke you in the eye with it. And I'm looking at that car, and it's sweet. I've got to tell you, it is a sweet car. And I'm probably not going to be able to get it. But I'm looking at this car, and here's what the Holy Spirit impressed on my mind, brought to my mind. Do I love the Word of God as much as I love cars? Do I love the Word of God as much as I long for something else? And do you know what the answer is? You know what the answer that, that I had to give to that question? No. I know some of you are thinking, well, I guess I better go find another church then. I need to take the next step in my longing for God's Word. I, I, I want to ask you this question. Don't raise your hand on this. Some of you haven't raised your hand yet, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I'm going to take the next step in kindness this year. I'm going to be a kinder <laughs> pastor. I'm not going to say everything that comes to my mind. I wonder how many of you, seriously, you long for the Word of God. You, you ache for it. I think that when you love someone, when you're away from them for an extended period of time, you long for them. You long for them. And you understand what that longing is. I think that some of our ladies who have lost their husbands, I think, or, or some of our folks have lost their wives, I think that you understand that longing more than probably anyone, or someone who's lost a child maybe. That's genuine longing. I wonder when the last time was you longed for the Word of God that day. Do you know why we don't long for it? If we go all the way back to the beginning, because the testimonies aren't wonderful to us. We've not received its light, and we've not opened our mouths and panted for it. I need to step up. I need, I need, to step up to a higher palate and have God change my taste. Then number four, I need to take the next step to a higher passion. Look at verse 32, verse 132. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. This is an interesting verse. It's an interesting verse. And here's what I have to do based on what this verse says. I need to step up to a passion for God's mercy. There's two things that we need to understand here. And, and I think that depending on you, uh, if you're like I am, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on one side of this or the other. Sometimes, and I think I'm doing pretty good, and I don't recognize my need for God's mercy. Have you ever gotten, you, you started thinking, you know, I'm doing pretty good. And then you're reading God's word, or you hear something, and you find out, you know what, I'm not as good as I thought I was. How many of you have ever experienced that? That's what we need to do right here. That's what it's saying. Look at what it says in verse 131. Look upon me and be merciful unto me. I need to pray to God for his mercy and recognize my need for it. And then I need to step up my passion for what God habitually does. Do you know that God is not whimsical? How many of you know people and you never know what you're going to get from them? You see them one day they're happy, one day they're sad. One day they're great, one day, one day they're up here, one day they're down here. One day they're up here, one day they're down here. You don't have any idea. They're fickle, right? She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. Now you understand our marriage. She loves me. She loves me not. All right? 
Here's the deal. Do you know what God wants to do? Look at what it says. Look what the text says. Look upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Now, we don't use that word, usest. But we would say, as you are used to doing. This is what God does. Do you know what God's habit is? To be merciful to those that love Him. Does anybody here love God today? Then you need to accept and have a passion for the mercy of God. All of us deserve hell. We just do. And we need to fall under that mercy and claim it, not for our salvation. Once you come to Christ and believe in Him by faith and receive His free gift of eternal life, you're saved. You don't have to get saved again. Amen? If you're genuinely born again, you're just saved. But I'll tell you this, if you live in this world long enough, you're going to get dirty. And you need to crawl under that mercy of God, ask for His forgiveness, and accept it because it's what He wants to do for you. He doesn't want to judge you. He's not going to judge you if you're born again. He doesn't want to chasten you. He wants you to be submissive to God's Word and accept His mercy. But here's what I need to step up to. Look at what, look at what the text says. I need to step up to a passion. Now listen to this. To be seen of God. Look at verse 132. Look upon me and be merciful unto me. Look upon me. I need to step up to a passion to be seen of God. And here's, here's what you need to do. You might want to write this down right next to that verse. I need to stop hiding. I need to stop hiding. Do you know that God wants to use you? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God created you to serve Him. God saved you and has called you to a calling, and you need to stop hiding behind your own low image of yourself and your usefulness to God's service. I know that so many of you are hiding from God. You are, I can't, I can't do that. You don't, you don't know what I'm really like. You don't know what, you don't understand. Yeah. And God doesn't know either because you're doing such a good job of hiding it from Him. Stop hiding. Do you know what, you, do you know what this is doing? This is, David is praying to God, saying, Lord, please look at me and see me. What did he say in Psalm 139? Search me. Try me. Know my thoughts. and See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You need to stop hiding from God. I need to step up and accept his mercy. You know, it's hard for me to understand sometimes. God even loves pastors. <laughs> God even loves pastors who aren't real good pastors. He loves me, and He wants me to serve Him in spite of my failures. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you don't serve Him because of your failures? You need to accept the mercy of God. Accept the mercy of God. You need to step up, step up to a higher passion for God's mercy. Then, look at verse 133. I need to step up to a higher path. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Now, that's a really interesting verse. I need to step, I need to have my steps ordered by God's word. That's what we've been talking about all along. And I need to step up to a new contrast. And I want you to see this from this verse. 
I am either dominated by God's word or I'm dominated by iniquity. Look what the verse says. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I am either dominated, the word of God has dominion over me, or iniquity has dominion over me. Because all of my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. My human understanding is carnal, it's wicked, it's fleshly. So I am either right now dominated by God's word or I'm dominated by my flesh. We were watching uh, Dirty Jobs. And he was at a tannery or something. And he was scraping the flesh off of this hide. And we were eating soup. And he said, look at all this flesh. And Laura looks over just in time to see all these chunks come down. And, you know, her face, you know, she did one of these. And I said, it's not in your soup. And she said, I hate that word flesh. You know, God does too. Just as they were scraping that flesh off the hide, do you know what God does to us? He keeps trying to scrape that flesh off our hide. Oh, man. My dad, my dad actually used that terminology. He said, I'm going to tan your hide. (laughs) And that's what God, and he meant it too. That's what God does for us through his word. I am either under the dominion of God's word or am I? I am under the dominion of the flesh or of iniquity. There's no in-between. I need to step up in my love for the Word. It doesn't matter how old you are. It does not matter. It does not matter. i got to take that next step. Then, I need to take a step, the next step, to a higher protection. Look at verse 134. A higher protection. Man, some of us need this really bad. Verse 134. Deliver me from the oppression, does it say of Satan? Of man so will I keep thy precepts. Here's the thing. I need to step up in attitude. I need to step up in attitude. Men cannot control my spirit. You know somebody that really gets under your skin? They just know how to push my buttons. How many of you are thinking about somebody right now? Seriously, would you be honest? You're thinking about that. That person really knows how to get me down really a bummer when you're married to him. <laughs> listen, listen. Do you know that there are people that don't serve the Lord because they can't control their spirit? He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Do you know how I know that verse? When I was a, a, a young man, my mom put it on a three-by-five card and put it on my mirror. I didn't like mom at that point. What was she trying to get me to do? Be in control of my spirit. She, she didn't want a son that was out of control. Do you know what we need to understand? We blame our failure to serve the Lord and walk in the spirit on other people. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what he or she did. To, you wouldn't believe what they said to me. Oh, really? Really? So when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ... And the Lord Jesus Christ says to you, wait a minute, why didn't you serve me? Well, she said, she said that my boots didn't match my skirt. 
they didn't like my haircut. I remember I had somebody one time, I had just done a funeral for a child. I think it was the Greg Mix funeral. He had died. Teenage boy had died. Several things were going on. We were remodeling our house over here. I was under the sink, and, and that's like purgatory for me, doing some plumbing. And I look over, and I see some guy's boots. Hi. <laughs> what can I do for you? Uh, Pastor, they're getting ready to have a, a ladies' meeting, and they asked the ladies to bring teapots, and they're not using my wife's teapots. I just done a funeral for a family, lost their child. I'm plumbing. I looked up and I told him all those things that were going on, and I said, "You know what? I think you and your wife are going to be okay." Went back under the thing. I'm going to take the next step in being kind this year. I'll try not to say those kinds of things. But man, I'm just telling you, can you imagine being upset because someone didn't use your teapots? First of all, I don't have any. So, but seriously, seriously, I know of churches that have split, literally divided, because when they did their fellowship hall, some people wanted round tables and other people wanted the rectangular tables. Church split. Church split. Josh is laughing because you know about that stuff, don't you? Did that happen to your dad's church? Close, right? People are nuts, man. We, and, and do you know what? We're people. You get great truth here. I wonder who's controlling your spirit right now. See, we believe as Baptists, one of our core doctrines is individual soul liberty. The reason that you can't coerce someone to be saved or to serve the Lord is because they're a free moral agent. Between them and God, they're going to give an account to God for what they're doing. Do you understand that you're going to give an account to God for what you're doing? Stop letting other people control you. I will not be controlled by the oppression of man. I need to change my thinking. I need to step up to a higher protection. I need to step up in attitude. And I need to step up in freedom. Look at what it says, verse 134. Deliver me from the oppression of man. Why does he want to be delivered? So I will keep thy precepts. Do you know why you are not obeying God's word? Because people are messing with your head. Stop being oppressed, not by Satan, but by men. Then I need to step up to a higher possibility. I need to take the next step to a higher possibility. Look at verse 135. Make thy face shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. I need to step up to a higher realization. You ready for this? I need to step up to a higher realization. The possibility of the smile of God on me. God doesn't look at me with a frown. When you picture God's face, is he frowning or smiling? You know that he loves you. Do you know that you are the apple of his eye? You know, sometimes Laura tells me she loves me. And I don't believe her. Because she lies to me a lot. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes I don't believe her. Do you know why? Because I know how unlovely I am. It's just true. How could somebody as babelicious as this love me? It's one of the great mysteries of life, isn't it? 
If she was a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Now listen. How is it? How is it? Dodie, are you okay? You doing all right? Never thought you'd hear that in church, did you? Now listen. Man, God looks at you with a smile. Shine your face on me, God. And here's the result of that. Look at what it says. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Do you know why many of us never take that next step in really understanding and learning the Bible? We think God's mad at us. We think God's mad at us. Can we be honest? Can we just testify a little bit right here? How many of you have ever kept from reading the Word of God or spending time with God because you thought He was mad at you? Would you raise your hand? Did you know something? want to know something? He's not mad at you. The Bible says He's angry with the wicked every day. Do you know what He sees when He sees me? The righteousness of Jesus Christ. He loves me. He loves me. I need to step up to a higher possibility. Step up to a higher realization, the possibility of the smile of God, and I need to step up to a higher recognition, the possibility of greater learning. You can know the Bible. You can. That's what's going to change your life, knowing and obeying God's Word. Then I need to step up to a higher piety. Look at verse 136. A higher piety. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. Let's read that again. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. I need to step up to grieve over the sin of this world. We talk about it all the time. Do you know what we need to do in our homes? We need to step up in holiness. What, what do you allow that you think is just okay? We need to step up in holiness. And then I need to step up to grieve over the sinners of the world. Are, do you ever weep over the lost? Do you ever weep over the lost? You understand that most people in Sydney are going to hell? Did you know that? Did you know that? Most people in Sydney are going to hell. And it's a real place. And we're mad because somebody's not using our teapots. That's where we are. But we've got to understand that. So how are we going to take the next step as a church? How are we going to do that? Well, one way that we're going to take the next step as a church is we need to tackle our outreach. We need to do a better job with witnessing. There are so many areas that we need to check on. I wonder, here's a test for you. Have I ever given one person the gospel? Have I ever, with my mouth, given one person the gospel? If not, don't be ashamed. Give somebody the gospel. We're not supposed to be guilty. We're supposed to be convicted and then change. So have I ever led one person to Christ? See, there's a difference between giving the gospel and leading somebody to Christ. Your job is not to get them saved. That's God's part. Amen? Your job to give the gospel. But if you give the gospel enough, God will save those people. Then if you've led one person to the Lord, how about you try and lead another? Take the next step. Have I ever learned how to lead someone to Christ? How about this? Have I ever given 10 people the gospel in one month? 
I ever done that? You could. You could. Have I ever passed out 365 tracks in one year? That's one track a day. Do you realize everybody here can do it? Pastor Nathan and I have committed to hand out 500 tracks this year each. We're going to give them to each other. I mean, just really. Just... <laughs> <laughs> we, we have made the commitment to hand out 500 gospel tracks. Well, you say, well, what's that going to accomplish? Well, 500 people get a track. And then maybe somebody will come to church. Maybe somebody will read the gospel on the back of that track. Maybe somebody will be in trouble and they'll know where to go. You know, when you drive by and you see that sign that says Lexus, the, the something pursuit of perfection. When you see that, they don't expect you to drive into a dealership right then. But what they want to do, they want you to be aware of them so when it's time for you to get a car, you go and check them out. Then they can sell you. Do you know what the purpose of a tract is? It's to let the, the, the community know that we're here, who we are. And they come back again and again and again and again. Every time they put a commercial on TV for a Snuggie, they don't expect you to go buy one. Are those the weirdest things you've ever seen? I saw an ad yesterday for the designer series. Boy, they are sweet. But see, they don't expect you to order one every time. They just expect the next time you want a blanket with sleeves, you're going to think about them. See, that's what advertising does. Do you know what a track does? When you give that to somebody, they know that we're here. And what that does is when the Holy Spirit knocks on their heart's door, they know where to go. Pastor Nathan and I are going to try and give out 500 each. We're not going to try. We are going, Lord willing, with God's help, we're going to give out 500 tracks each. What are you going to do? Take the. I didn't give out 500 tracks this year. I should have. This year I'm going to. This year I'm going to. God willing, what are you going to do? We need to take the next step in witnessing. How about as a church, again, we need to tackle our debt. We have about $350,000 in debt as a church. Now, here's the deal. You might be sitting there and saying, man, I'm glad I'm not $350,000 in debt. You are. This church is not this building. This church is you. So we're putting together a method and a plan of attack to get rid of this debt. You need to be praying about what God wants you to do. You know, there's some of you, you never give. And I'm glad you're here. When I say this, I don't want you to stop parking in the parking lot, but we owe about $200,000 on that parking lot that you're parking on. You step up and you're giving. Amen? Amen? We preach against welfare. We don't like welfare, but we got lots of Baptist welfare. All right? Now, I'm going to be nicer this year. I really am. We need to tackle the facility. There's some things in this facility we need to be aware of. Um, this sign needs to be moved out to the front. Well, we need men who are willing to step up and get it done. And get it done. That, that we need men to think about those things. When you see that there's a problem with something. I got in the church van yesterday, and I opened the door, and the, the gasket, the seal around the door is loose. It just drops down. Well, when you see something like that, you need to take care of it. I need a man who's willing... To, to oversee the maintenance on the vehicles to where if there's something wrong, you know immediately who to go to. Get those, you know, so when you see something, it's cared for. But here's what we do. We think someone else is going to take care of it. We need to step up in our love and appreciation for the facilities that God has given us, take ownership of it, support it financially, and then if something's not working right, we, we don't just go and put bubble gum on it. 
we find out what needs to be done and we take care of it properly. Amen? Amen? What do you do when you got a leak in your roof? You get it fixed. You don't, say, you don't think somebody else is going to take care of it. That's, that's the kind of attitude we need to have here as a church, as a facility. Um, what about individually? We've talked about Bible reading. Am I reading my Bible every day? Have I ever read through the Bible in a year? If not, use the bookmark. Read through the Bible in a year. How about giving? Are you tithing? That's 10%. That's the, that's the baby steps for a Christian. Are you tithing? Tithing existed before the law with Abraham. It existed during the law. It existed after the law under Jesus Christ. Tithing. Are you tithing? If you are tithing, are you giving to things like the building fund, missions, those kinds of things? Man, we get calls from missionaries who want to go to the field every week. Do you know what I have to tell them? Sorry. Can't help you. Can't help you. We need to take the next step in our missions, giving. We need to make, how about this? We need to take the next step in church attendance. How is your faithfulness to the Lord's house? Are you plugged into a, to a Sunday school class, to an adult Bible class? Are you plugged in? If you have young people, children, teenagers, do you have them plugged in to our Awana ministry, to our teen ministry? Are you faithful enough to where they're getting the word of God in them? You need to take the next step in that. How about uh, discipleship? Are you discipling someone? Are you being discipled? We need to take the next step in prayer. Am I praying every day? Do I know the needs of the people around me in this body? Am I taking them before the throne of grace? Am I praying? Do I have something, something in my life that I've not taken to the Lord? And then, of course, every area of our ministry take, needs to take the next step. None of us, none of our ministries are where they can be. We need to take the next step whether it's music, discipleship, Sunday school, bus ministry, ushers, whatever it is, sound, anything, we need to take the next step in those areas. Has my Sunday school class ever had a blowout Sunday with, pick a number, those people there? How about a wanna? What are we doing? What are we doing? So here are some goals. Here are some goals that we have. Pastor Nathan and I are going to hand out 500 tracts this year. I would like all of our faithful people to commit to hand out one tract a day. Find a way to give out one tract every day. You say, I can't do that. Well, can you give more than you did? Can you hand out more than you did? Then, as a church, I would like to do at least one mailing this year to every home in Sydney. Do you know what I want to tell them? There's a place in town where you can come and learn God's Word. That's what I want to tell them. That's going to cost about $2,500. We'd like to do that this year. We talked about doing it last year, but we just weren't able to do it. As a church, here's what we can do. Everyone invite their street to church. That doesn't mean you go and talk to the road sign. That's all of the people that are on your street. Four times. Four invitations. Four invitations. Well, I asked them once, and they didn't come. And remember, Lexus, if you drive by that sign and you don't go into that dealership, they take the sign down, right? They put a commercial on and you don't come into the store. They take the commercial off, right? No. No. Four times this year. You hit your street four times this year. Then this spring and summer, Nathan, Pastor Nathan is going to have the teens knock on every door in Port Jefferson. And then here's a big goal for all of our Awana leaders to participate in visitation every month. Every month, you're going to those kids' homes. You're talking to those parents. We're having an influence in our community. 
Folks, if we don't step up and do these things, they are not going to be done. As a church, do you know what we need to do? We need to take the next step. We need to take the next step. And I hope that you will. Man, I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I probably can't be a better boss. <laughs> I want to do better in those things. How many of you, the Lord has spoken to you about something you need to take the next step in this year? Or spoken to you? Some of you, the Lord didn't speak to you. I wonder if you're saved then. You need to take the next step in response, in participation in ministry. Some of you have never bowed your knee at an altar. Never. Never. It can't be because the Holy Spirit's never spoken to you in a service. You say, I'm not physically capable. Well, you can come down and sit on, a, on the front pew. You can humble yourself before the body and before the Lord. You can make an altar. Folks, we need to submit ourselves to the Lord. We need to take the next step in service, in spirituality, in Bible reading, in prayer, in outreach, in fellowship, all of those things. And how are we going to do those things? How is this going to happen? Accountability. Meetings. <laughs> and what we've done, we're going to have in-reach and outreach meeting, 4.30 at the first Sunday of every month. Discipler meeting, 5.30. The first Sunday of every month, deacons meeting after the Sunday evening service, the first Sunday of every month. We're going to have Awana meetings. We're going to have usher meetings. We're going to have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. Only crazy people like meetings. I, I want you to know something. When I call you to a meeting, I want you to understand something. I hate it. But I love you, and I love this ministry. And the only way these things will be accomplished, I'll bet we talked 15 times about getting that sign moved. It never got done. Why? Because there was no accountability. We didn't have meetings. That's an example. That's one example. How long did it take us to get the bathrooms done? That was a never-ending bathroom project. Why did that happen? Because we didn't have accountability and meetings, and people didn't know what to do. Do you know whose fault it was that those things weren't done? Right here. Me. We need accountability. Accountability comes from meetings. Be at your meetings. Do you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to take the next step in meetings. Why, folks? Because we're busy, man. I know that many of you thought about doing something. You had all the best intentions of accomplishing something for the Lord at Grace Baptist Church. And honestly, you just forgot because you got other things to do in your lives. That's where we need accountability. Through discipleship, through in-reach and outreach, through our meetings, through what goes on here in the church, and then through your church calendar. We've did it a handy-dandy size. You can put it in your Bible. You can take it with you. We rounded the edges so it won't get frayed. Isn't that a good-looking piece of material? Do you know there's information on the back? We're going to have a Bible conference uh, October... 24th through the 27th. We're going to have a Bible conference. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a group of people that we need, and they're going to say, I didn't know. I didn't know about it. I'm sorry, we got a family reunion. We got this. We got that. We're planning vacation. We got that. Okay, it's January 3rd. You've got the entire year to pray for and plan to be at that Bible conference. Amen?
Amen? We need to know what's going on here. How many of you have ever tried to do something, but you couldn't do it because there was something planned at work? You see, the reason that we don't take care of those things is we need our jobs. We don't need the church. We need our jobs. We don't need what's going on. We need to take the next step in our commitment to the church calendar because we can't accomplish these things without you. And the reason we're doing these things is for you, for your families, for our community, for the Lord. So take your calendar and use it. Understand what's going on. Pray for it. I just love it when we have a leader in the church that says, I didn't know we were having a Bible conference. I didn't know that we were having whatever. There wasn't a whole lot of prayer for the meeting going on in that family. How many of you understand that? Folks, we got to care. we got to care. Pastor Nathan and I, there's no possible way. i got to tell you this. There's no possible way for Pastor Nathan and I to add one thing. We can't do it. We can't do it. If we're going to take the next step at Grace Baptist Church, it's got to be us taking those steps. Amen? And we can do it, man. Is this a great church? Man, we got, God is doing things all over the place here. We need to tell somebody about it. We need to get involved. We need to do our part to make sure that it's being accomplished. So pray for me. I hope that you'll pray for me, that I can be a better pastor, that I can be a better administrator. Pray for this ministry. Pray for your part in it. God wants you to be involved. Amen?